This is episode 319, Healing Jealousy and Not Feeling Good Enough with Boston. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I want to thank everyone who joined me on Monday night for our monthly group coaching. Every month, I have a group coaching evening where I talk on a particular topic and then I bring people on for hot seat coaching. And this last one was on love and calling love into our lives. And it was just such a beautiful call, amazing sharing, incredible group. I think as more and more of us are moving through this past year and a half and really reevaluating what's important to us, what's most important to us. A lot of us are finding that it's love and family and relationships and connection. And for those of you who are longing for love or looking for love, trust me when I say you deserve it and it is out there for you. Many of you know my story. I spent so many years wondering if I'd ever be in the kind of relationship I truly dreamed of and desired. And I had to wait for it probably about four or five years longer than I, than I wanted to. But now I really understand why and I understand divine timing. And I'm so passionate about helping people find love. And I get so many questions, especially from women who are looking to be with a man, how I met my husband and drew him in. And because I get so many questions about it, I turned it into a program that I co-teach with my husband about two years ago. And it is such an epic program that We've had incredible results for people and we've had lots of invitations to weddings and people sending us pictures of them with their new person and it's just been awesome. And people have graduated from the program who have not found their love, their beloved yet, but they've fallen more deeply in love with themselves and have a new relationship to being quote unquote single. So if you are a woman looking to call in a man, an epic relationship, then please join us for our Be The Queen program. It is the last program that we are teaching live for at least a year, at least. And you really want to get in there live with us. So we start officially on November 30th, but we're having a bonus pre-call on November 11th for anyone who registers early. To go and register for that, it's christinehassler.com slash be the queen. This is my only program that's for a specific audience. This is for women who are looking to call in a man because that was my experience. I'm a heterosexual woman who wanted to call in a man and just know that all of our other programs, Mastery, Inner Child, everything else, Elementum Coaching Institute is for anyone and everyone. This one is just niche because it's based on my personal experience. And I just know for all the women out there who are dating men and really want an awesome conscious relationship with a man, that it can be so frustrating and you can get a ton of really, pardon my French, shitty dating advice, like really bad dating advice. So you won't get any of that in the program. It's it's just great. So come join us, christinasser.com slash be the queen. Have a wonderful call with Boston today who is experiencing some jealousy 
with his partner and mother of his children. And he's done so much work and I'm really, really proud of him in terms of the background work that he's done on attachment styles. And we talk deeper about attachment styles, but we also just talk about that feeling of not being good enough in relationship. And as a reminder, there are basically two types of attachment styles. Our attachment styles form when we're very, very, very young, primarily with our parents. And our attachment styles relates to how we are in relationship. We really can only know our attachment style when we look at how we are in relationship, especially intimate relationship. So there, like I said, two types, secure and insecure. That secure attachment is when our needs are met. We feel safe. We feel seen. There's consistency in parenting. The insecure attachment styles are anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. I've gone into those before. I've done episodes on attachment styles, so you can go back and look at those. But basically, anxious comes from inconsistent parenting or enmeshment. Avoidant comes from neglectful parenting or being abandoned by a parent or a parent even being physically there, but not really emotionally available. And disorganized attachment comes from just growing up with lots and lots of chaos. So obviously I'm simplifying these immensely to explain them in a short period of time, but you can always go back and listen to prior episodes if you want more information. So as you're listening to this call with Boston, consider, do you ever struggle with jealousy in your relationship? Even if there's really no reason to, if the other person is doing nothing wrong, you just find yourself getting jealous. Then do you judge yourself for getting jealous and no, you shouldn't. And then you're just in this cycle of feeling jealous and then feeling shame and judging yourself and wanting to get out of it. Next, did you grow up really feeling like you were enough? Did you feel like you fit in to the society that you lived in, to your family, to your peer group? Did you look different or feel different and always felt like you weren't good enough? And finally, how are you really meeting your own needs? Do you sometimes hope your partner or someone else will meet them for you? Or are you taking full responsibility to meet your own needs? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Boston. Also, just a quick reminder, if you want to be coached on the podcast, just go to christinehasler.com slash waitlist and you'll get on the waitlist and you never know when Kim will reach out to you and say, hey, we have this opening. Do you want to be on? So would love, love, love to have the opportunity to coach you on the podcast, christinehasler.com slash waitlist. Boston, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hey, so I'm just calling just because, you know, with my current relationship that I'm in, you know, I've, and I've had tendencies in the past as well, where I exhibit a lot of jealous tendencies. And in the past, I've never done any work to kind of resolve that or dig deep into why that happens or anything like that. But this time with this relationship and based on how serious it is and how much I care for the other person and things like that, I wanting to, you know, do something about it. I've been Mm. doing a lot of like reading on my own and it's only recently that I came across like the attachment theory mm-hmm. and been reading up on that and came across some podcasts and which is also how I found you. And then just the way you deliver your podcast and the way you talk to your clients and things like that, it just really resonated with me. So mm. I've been listening to a lot of your episodes um, and yeah, and here we are. But, um, mm. you know, just so I've learned a lot about the attachment theory and I feel confident that I'm a particular attachment style and I've been looking at where that stems from and I, I always thought that I had didn't have too much of an issue in my early childhood but then as I've been writing stuff down and digging deeper on it and doing some self-reflection on that 
I've realized that there's actually a lot there to kind of uncover. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, I exhibit things through a jealous mm. behavior and exhibit that and uh, sorry, exert that onto my partner. Mm. And it's not fair. And I'm trying to, um, yeah, you know, just get on top of it. Well, it's not fair to your partner. And it's also not fair to you because I'm sure that you probably judge yourself when you do that. Mm, definitely. Yeah. 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 So amazing self-awareness. I really acknowledge you for coming as far as you have. And is it the anxious attachment style? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And what have you learned so far about how you work with that? So how I work with it or like what, like characteristics sort of thing? Let's, let's go with how you work with it. How I work with it? Uh, like, as in like how I deal with? Mm-hmm. Like how you heal yeah. it. How you go from yeah. having the anxious attachment style to the more secure attachment style. So what I've been doing is just being able to have the self-control to understand if I'm in the mindset where I'm feeling jealous or feeling insecure, I'm literally just mentally just stopping myself, taking myself to a more quiet place or something, Mm -hmm. literally utilizing my Apple Watch and doing like the breathing exercise there and just calming my nerves down and mentally going through the checklist of what are the facts what are you actually like making up and what kind of scenarios mm-hmm. are you creating in your head and why is that happening, do you think? You know, what has my partner done that's making me feel this way? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the actual facts and, you know, wh- where is that contrast between the truth and the scenarios that I'm creating in my head and the imagination that I'm mm. not using effectively? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm at. It's, it's just that mental like recognition acknowledgement to be like yukes i call myself yukes sometimes mm-hmm. and just go yukes just like take take a breather slow it down mm. what evidence do you actually have and has this been helping because this is a great pattern interrupt have you noticed a shift yeah i, I think i it's definitely helped a bit more like i've definitely been able to just i can i can see myself actually just being like well you're actually taking a step back and actually not jumping the gun as much mm-hmm. as you used to and then letting it stew in your head and just, you know, just always thinking up of more worst case scenarios and thinking of, you know, what it's almost like I'm trying to reverse, like, like be reverse psychology on myself on mm-hmm, some ways. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, it's just this twisted mindset. And I just keep going down this rabbit hole. But now that having this conscious effort, conscious, like yeah, effort to be able to go, you, you, you just have a breather think about this, where are you at? And then, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful. I love that. I love the, just the, the, the self-love and the way that you've been working through this and also a huge part of healing the attachment style, the anxious attachment style is not looking for your partner to fix it because the pattern in the anxious attachment style is you have that jealousy feeling and you need their reassurance or you need them to explain mm. things or you need them not to go to lunch with that ex or that friend that may be a threat or whatever whatever it is or you need to see something on their phone. And yeah. so you're doing one of the most important steps here which is going in and and not going to your partner for that reassurance but going in and and really working to soothe yourself. So the, the piece that I would say is for lack of a better word, missing is dealing with the little you that's triggered. So with Mm. the anxious attachment style, it's because there are just such big unmet needs. Usually the anxious attachment style forms when we had inconsistent parenting or a meshed and smothering parenting or a combination of the two. 
So you kind of never knew where you stood. You could definitely go, oh, I have these good memories with my parent or parents. I knew I was loved a lot of times. Like I remember this hug. I remember this birthday party. I remember this trip with my dad. But I also remember coming home and being excited about something and being shot down or mom and dad Mm -hmm. fighting or, you know, it's just that kind of inconsistency. Can you feel that from your childhood? Just that not knowing what you're going to get, right? So what that does is it creates just, well, that's why it's called an anxious attachment style. It creates anxiety in the system of constantly needing to know where you stand with someone because Mm -hmm. there wasn't that clarity of, I am loved. I am safe. You know, with a secure attachment style, it's not that our parents are perfect and never mess up. Mm -hmm. It's that they repair and they're consistent. So if they do something that kind of shocks us and surprises us, like they forget to pick us up or they snap at us or whatever, they come back and they apologize and they say, mommy was just upset. Well, I'm so sorry. I forgot that will never happen again. And so there's that repair there. The nervous system is soothed and then it doesn't happen again. With an anxious attachment style, oftentimes parents will make promises or apologies, but the same thing will keep happening. And so the nervous system is very much rattled and it doesn't know what it can attach to. So when the jealousy happens, it's an anxious attachment style can show up in all kinds of different ways. For you, it's jealousy. So when that happens, the little you is looking for reassurance. The little you is looking for your partner to go, I love you. Mm. you're safe with me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to withdraw my love. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm not going to surprise you because, you know, a lot of times when we jealousy, we think I'm not good enough. I'm going to be left for someone else. The rug is going to be pulled out from under me. And so we'll often have that jealousy feeling of like, it's hypervigilance. It's you Mm -hmm. tracking every little thing that could go wrong and be a threat to your relationship. And, and pull that little bit of security that you have out from you. So can you see that the jealousy is actually, it's not all bad. It's trying to protect you. Can you see that? Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's like, I've, I've been listening to another episode of yours from like a year or so ago that you had a call with a lady and, you know, you you asked the question, you know, you're like, first off, you're not a jealous person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you brought up the thing of, you know, let me ask you this question. And you were like, what is this? What do you think this the jealousy is protecting you from? Mm -hmm. And it's just this preparation. It's, it's like this self defense mechanism to prepare for the worst. And it's just this natural guard that you put up and it's, you know, and then I'm, and as this other client that you had, I'm, I've been actively trying to find evidence for something to be wrong. Yes. Like this, the the waters are too calm and it's almost like it's too good to be true. So something must be wrong. Yes. And that's, Mm -hmm. that, that was a big thing that resonated with me is from what you said. Yeah. Because that your nervous system isn't used to it being calm. So again, mm. it's that hypervigilance. It's always going to be scanning for what a possible threat is. And then it identifies the possible threat and then it wants the reassurance. Yeah. So that's I'm like hardwired for negativity. Right. Well, we all are. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. It's a survival pattern. And as we shift in consciousness and we have less threats, like actual physical threats, you know, we, we can calm down the amygdala of our brain because that's the part of our your brain that gets triggered in those moments is, is that mm amygdala of, oh, I'm not okay. Like something's not okay. And again, to you, things being calm and good can feel like an alarm. Things Mm. being calm to you can feel really scary. So, because maybe 
in your household, when things were calm or quiet, that meant the storm was coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you think back to, because I just want, I'm sure you've connected lots of dots. You're very self-aware and again, acknowledge you for really just being intentional about this. And again, not looking to your partner to fix it for you, which is, which is one of the main ways, again, you heal anxious attachment Mm -hmm. is you're not looking to your partner to make it better. So when you think about your childhood, what were some of the themes for you in terms of like, you know, was there chaos and was calm scary? Where was the inconsistency? Yeah. So I think, cause I was thinking about like, where in my childhood did I, was there any negativity? And the first thing that came to mind, and this was on a, literally the tip of the iceberg until I recently discovered more things was like, you know, when I moved here to Australia, like I, the area that I moved in, I was lit. Our family was like literally the first ever like Asian family that moved in. Mm. And there was, you know, we were, we were greeted with open arms. It's all cool. But then like growing up and in, especially in a country like Australia where, you know, racism is still quite high mm-hmm. and, you know, I grew to have get tough skin quite early. And so, and I copped my fair share of criticism and um, discrimination, all that kind of stuff, but I never let it really get to me. Like mm-hmm. I grew tough skin and I learned to deal with it. What and then I was like, maybe it was just that. It was just a constant thing of like, oh, I'm not good enough because I wasn't like racially accepted in certain areas mm. here and there. And but then what I kind of dug deeper on was, you know, I never had that emotional support from my parents mm-hmm. where they checked in and was like, hey, have you, you know, ever experienced anything like this? How are you going? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? Like, they didn't have that. Like, you know, I had a roof over my head, had food on the table. So all those like, you know, based on like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like all the, like the basic, basic necessities were there, Mm -hmm. but the emotional support and the emotional connection is something I lacked in. And then growing up watching my folks like argue a lot, there are times, and this is where like potentially, because I'd never thought I had a fear of abandonment, but I think I do where my mother was like trapped in this relationship where she did not want to be in, but she kind mm-hmm. of stuck around just for the sake of the kids almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was time, there was like, there was one incident I remember where she was like, I've had enough. She's like, went to like pull the ladder down, went to the attic to try and pull out a suitcase. My father like literally threw a dining tra- dining chair like towards her. Mm. And it was just that kind of like conflict that was always around and you know and even me like I copped my fair share of like I guess I don't know I don't want to call it abuse but I guess I got some physical abuse happen with from my father you know not you know being able to execute this task perfectly or whatever it was I mean you know and I had ex-military parents right Uh, and coming from the Japanese defense force that's uh pretty right. strict. That's, yeah. um, <laughs> There's not a yeah. lot of leeway there. <laughs> yeah, that's no. it. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty tight ship and, you know, and I had a lot of like, I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment in front of my friends because I wasn't able to do X, Y, Z. And so, mm. yeah, you know, I had that. And so I always felt like I was never good enough and I'd yeah. try hard in school, but I never reached the marks I did. But then, you know, it just, it just all those little things have just started to surface a bit more and realize yeah. it made me realize that i don't think I was, I didn't feel like I was good enough. Yeah. And I never wanted my mother to leave because then the whole family would go into shambles and I was constantly yeah. jealous of all the other families around me that I went to school with because they had 
from what I look saw was like a perfect lifestyle. They had everything right. they wanted. They had parents that loved them, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. There's, there's quite a bit there. Mm. Let me see if I can track it all. So this is about more than just anxious attachment style. This is just childhood wounding, both from your parents yep. and home and the racial stuff is the not feeling good enough. So let me start with the attachment first. Most of mm -hmm. our attachment styles are formed by the age of 18 months. How old were you when you moved? Oh, probably like after I was born, right? I was, yeah, so I reckon, no, well, about just about a year, so right. probably about 12 months to be safe. Okay. So that's a big move for your parents. So whatever kind of attachment you were used to in Japan before moving, them moving to a new country, did they speak the language when they got there? Did they speak English? Nah. Yeah. Them, it, believe me, you felt that as a child. Mm -hmm. It was a big mm -hmm. kind of break in your attachment. So just that alone could form the mm -hmm. anxious attachment style. Then we've got being in a country that's predominantly white, being the only Asian in your neighborhood, you know, being the only one that looks like you, there's no one, right? Like who do you, mm -hmm. who do you, who's there that looks like you? No one. And so not really feeling like you're seen completely for who you are at school and with friends, but also not feeling that at home. You kind of got it in both places. Yeah. Because you seem like, I mean, just granted, you know, I'm, I've only been talking to you for 15 minutes, but when I feel <laughs> into you, you don't seem like the strict military type. You seem like mm. you have a high emotional IQ. You like to explore. You like to be adventurous. You don't like you'll, you'll play by the rules and follow things and you have good discipline, but you want more than just black and white. You yeah. want more to life. Yeah. So you probably felt a little unseen at home too, and a little repressed, quite honestly, from being mm. able to, to be your fullest expression and anything you did wasn't good enough. Right. So yeah. this all makes sense in terms of, of the jealousy too. And I'm just curious, and this dot could connect or not, is your current partner Asian? No. Right. So that could play into it too. That feeling mm. different, feeling not good enough, feeling like, you know, cause sometimes I, I've had clients before when they're different races think that, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe she's going to want someone from her own race. Those, those mm -hmm. things can come up. Has that ever come up for you? Yeah. In past relationships. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had that thought. It's never yeah. really come to surface. Like I've never brought it up, but it's right. definitely been there in terms of like along the lines with my jealous tendencies and all those insecurities sure. there for sure. Yeah. Sure. It makes sense. And just because you had a tough skin and the racial stuff you said didn't really get to you, it, it does. Mm. Like you have to develop a tough skin because it hurts. Yeah, that's right. You know, so yeah. I just want you to know I, well, I can't physically see you, <laughs> but I see you <laughs> with my heart. <laughs> And I really feel that, especially for a little guy, I mean, you've gotten, you know, you've grown and you've, I'm sure you feel like you belong a lot more than you did then, but that was hard. Yeah. That was hard. And so what I want you to bring in more of when you get triggered is compassion. Because when you get triggered with the jealousy, there's a lot that's being triggered there. There's the attachment mm. style. There's the feeling separate. There's the racial stuff. There's feeling not good enough. 
like nothing you ever do is good enough. It's, it all gets triggered in like a less than a second. Mm. And so I love that you're doing the pause and you're going and breathing and you're like looking for evidence and, and that's great. That's using your logical mind. I also want you to bring your heart into this and be with the little one inside who just is so scared, so scared that he's not mm. enough and so scared that he's going to lose something he loved because I have a feeling that that move when you were one years old, it did feel like you lost something because your parents coming to a new country, starting over, not speaking the language. I'm sure they were probably a little distracted and whatever mm. connection you had with them in Japan probably felt severed. So since you were one, you kind of have this bracing of, you know, the shoe dropping, just waiting for yeah. something good to end. And that's why, mm. of course, when things are good with your current partner, it's like, okay, well, this can't last too long because things just yeah. don't. So that's why you got to go into so much compassion because to comfort a one-year-old, you wouldn't say, okay, what evidence do you have to the contrary? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How would you comfort yeah. a one-year-old? That's it. Well, you know, I've got, and I can relate to that because I've, I've got two kids with mm. my current partner, you mm. know, and that's right. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And how does your partner respond to your jealousy? It's never like positive, obviously, but it's, you know, she's very like understanding. She's been far more patient than she needs to be, I think. And I am beyond lucky to have such a partner who's quite, I guess, in a way, forgiving, empathetic, and is really giving me the time of day to work on myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a conversation with her the other night that I was like, hey, so I've been reading up on this, 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 and this is, this is what I've discovered so far. I really want to get like can get that appointment with a psychologist soon and get get some of these like readings that I've done and get more confirmation around it. And she's like, cool, that's great. And she's like, thanks for the insight. Thanks for letting me know mm-hmm. um, that's where you're at. That's really cool. That's a mm-hmm. really good like insight and a little bit of a revelation for you. And she's like, you know, just, I guess, you know, I, she's like, let me know if there is anything I can, I guess, do. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a suggestion. <laughs> I have a suggestion for her maybe, and maybe she can listen to this episode. And first of all, I want to acknowledge you both for having a conscious relationship and having these conversations for you being Mm. willing to do your work for her, um, living with this because to have a partner that's jealous of you can get, it it can be hard because it's like, how Mm. much do I need to prove? I love you. Right. She's like, I love you. I'm here with you. You know, how much reassurance do you need? And so that can trigger certain places in her. So I want to really acknowledge her too. And and both of you, any, in any relationship, there's going to be stuff. No, no relationship escapes it. So Mm. for her, what I would say is when you get jealous to do her best to see the little one within you, like the little boy within you, do you have a son? Uh, yeah, I have a son and daughter. Okay, perfect. So she has experience with that, right? She can really see that. Yep. And to just know that it's actually not jealousy. It's a little boy saying, are you going to go away? Are you going to stop loving me? Am I enough for you? And if mm. she can just really, instead of going to reassure you and saying, you know, I'm not doing this or you don't have anything to worry about. 
to just come to you with compassion, maybe put a hand on your heart and just say, what do you really need right now? What is the little you need and how can you give that to him? And if she can help remind you, because remember, we, we break a lot of this by not going to the partner, but some of this is healed in intimacy and in relationship. And when you can really say, hey, I'm having that jealous feeling and she can move into compassion, see your little boy and go, what, is, what does the little one need to hear right now from me and from you? And we can speak directly to those tender parts and directly to that inner child. One, it'll break the pattern of like you being jealous, her being, for lack of a better word, annoyed by it, and you kind of being in that loop and just really Uh go into the inner child healing. And there might be something that her little girl may need to hear as well. She might need to hear you're not doing anything wrong. You're allowed to go be with your friends or whatever it is. And if you guys can just drop into your hearts together and know that, most triggers in marriage are never present time. They're never about what's mm. happening in present time. Yeah. The the yeah. little ones in us are getting triggered. And when we can see that and acknowledge that and love that in our partner, it brings us so much closer. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah. 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 So again, your opportunity here is to not get mad when you get triggered because that is the alarm system for healing. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I need my timer to go off when my pie is done. Otherwise it's going to get burned. That's the alarm of like, Oh, got to get the pie out of the oven. So your jealousy is the, Oh, pie's done. And the only way that you're going to be able to metaphorically not burn the pie, which in this case is actually heal this is to pay attention to the alarm, go toward it and say, what do I need in this moment? What is this reminding me of? And what do I need? And that's when you really parent yourself and give Uh, yourself that reassurance and that compassion and that soothing. And you're doing a great job of it so far. I just want you to bring a little more heart and compassion in. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's that's really good. I think I liked it in another, yeah, the episode that I was talking about before with you, when you're talking to another caller, um, you're saying, you know, like, you like you were going through this stuff with her and you said, can you see that you're not actually a jealous person? Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that hit me. That yeah. That hit me good. Yeah. You yeah. are not a jealous person. You are not a jealous mm. person. You have old hurts and insecurity and the jealousy is just the alarm so that you heal them and you really mm. can experience true love connection and safety. And so you really can experience yeah. a true sense of family and belonging because you have it, you know, you, you have a partner, two kids, but you're not yeah. fully letting yourself enjoy it. You're not fully letting yourself receive it because you're so afraid you're going to mm. lose it. So your fear of yeah, losing right. it is preventing you from really ever having it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, good one. Embrace mm. it, receive it, let yourself enjoy the life you've created. Yeah. And trust it. Yeah, I like that. Once again, I want to acknowledge Boston's awareness, his integrity, his willingness to go and learn to be like, okay, here's something that I'm dealing with. What can I do? And then learn the things and put them into action. Just a reminder, everyone, you are human. You're human. You're going to have patterns. You're going to have programming. You're going to have feelings come up. You're going to 
Some of you are going to have anxiety. Some of you are going to have OCD type stuff. Some of you are going to have insecurity. Some of you are going to have jealousy. Some of you are going to have codependence, controlling, people pleasing. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And it's not who you are. It's not who you are. Just like I said, well, actually, Boston reminded me that I said it to another caller that just because you have jealousy doesn't mean you are a jealous person. So just because this pattern comes up in you, whether it's jealousy or something else that you want to shift, it doesn't mean you are that. And it's so important. And you've heard me say this a gazillion times and I'll say it a gazillion more. It is so important whenever we're working to shift anything that we are in acceptance of it. The more we judge and shame, because usually when we're judging ourselves, we're also shaming ourselves. The more we judge and shame anything, the more it sticks the more it's impossible to change. Believe me, there are things about myself that I would just love to be different. And especially doing what I do and being in this work for so long, there are times when my inner critic comes in and goes, oh, Christine, you really should be beyond this. I mean, you're such a fraud. How are you still dealing with this when you've done so much work and you teach other people and la, 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 la. And I have to just stop and say, thank you, inner critic. I call her candy for coming in and working to protect me. Cause I know your highest intention is for me to just keep growing and keep learning and, and keep being the best I can, but this is not the way we're going to do it. And there's certain things that I have just come to accept that maybe will never change about me. It may just be the human things that I came into this lifetime with. And if someday down the road, it eventually shifts. Awesome. Like for instance, I used to have tons of body image stuff and would obsess about if I worked out or what I ate and blah, blah, blah. And eventually it just shifted. <laughs> I mean, mostly it shifted because I started studying pleasure and sexuality and got all my blocks to my own sexuality, my own embodiment, you know, removed. And I wasn't really working on body issues, but by actually stepping more into other things, it just went away. So like, it just went away. Don't get me wrong. There are days I look in the mirror and, you know, just like you <laughs> can nitpick, but that constant, constant body shaming, and this is actually going to be the subject of next week's podcast is gone. But like I said, there's other things that aren't. So I just wanted to say that because I know a lot of you are, you know, avid listeners of this show and consume so much other personal development work. And you're just trying so hard to change certain things about yourself which is great. I'm always going to be a champion for growth, but not to the extent of you're just making yourself miserable because you just think you aren't okay the way that you are. So that was a big thing for Boston that I didn't say to him is it's so important to acknowledge himself and have pride in himself because he's got the not enoughness thing running. I mean, we, we talked about the anxious attachment. That's definitely a big piece of the puzzle, but the bigger piece of the puzzle is the not enoughness you know, not feeling enough for his parents, not feeling enough because of the race that he is, not feeling enough for fill in the blank. And so he's kind of always carried that. So of course there's going to be jealousy there. Of course. So even if he had a secure attachment with his parents between everything he went through by being the only Asian in his neighborhood to other things that happened, he might still even have the same thing going on. So it's never just one thing, right? sometimes it can be one main thing, but usually there's a couple factors at play when we're looking to shift a big pattern. So we just want to really be expansive and not limit ourselves to thinking, okay, this is my issue. This is my diagnosis. I've got to go in and fix this one thing and just have so much compassion for 
all of our humanity and all of the experiences that, that we have and have had and go, oh, of course, this is an issue. Of course, this comes up. So the big thing for him, both with healing, anxious attachment style, and also the feeling of not enough is to meet his own needs, is to really be that loving, gentle inner parent inside himself. When he notices that he gets triggered, really going in saying, okay, little guy, what's up? What do you need? What can I do for you? How can I help? And reminding himself, you are enough. You are enough. And again, it's not enough, I don't think, to just do those affirmations in present time. We've got to go back to the inner child. And P.S., you can still get my inner child workshop if you go to christinehauser.com slash inner child. And I shouldn't say my because I teach it with Steph. So it's our inner child workshop. Again, christinehauser.com slash inner child. But it's about going back to that inner child and visualizing them and looking at their sweet, precious eyes and just the tenderness of their heart and saying, you are enough. You never did anything wrong. You are enough just as you are and really let that sink in, really let that sink in. And the more and more we can validate and acknowledge those tender parts inside of us, the less and less we need that validation externally. So Boston's off to a great start here. He already has some practices in play. And the only thing I added is just that compassion and that really going to what you need because he's doing a great job with the pattern interrupt and wanting to calm himself. But sometimes when we just do the pattern interrupt and shift states, we're missing the need. So we, we got to go into, okay, what part of me is triggered? What does that little one need? And usually it's just some self-soothing words, a nice self-hug, a, a gentle reminder of who we are. You know, often we make things way more complicated than they need to be. Remember, our primary desire is to feel safe, seen, heard, and loved. And guess who is numeral uno that we need to get that from? That's right, ourselves. And the more that we get it from ourselves, the more we can get it from others. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 